Hey, good morning and welcome to the Church at Three Trails. We're continuing our, our series through the book of James. And I want to encourage you, if you have your Bible, turn to James chapter 1. Uh, starting in verse 19, we're going to be going through verse 25. And I uh, also want to let you know, uh, you can also use your, uh, your online device as well. So James chapter 1, starting in verse 19. I want to, uh, want to remind us of this, that James is all about letting us know that there's a balance between faith uh, and works, that, that faith with works it goes hand in hand, that it's not an actuality of where you're working to earn faith or get faith or anything like that, but as a result of your faith in Jesus, uh, you do do good works. And we're going to jump into more of that, but it's a simple idea as this, that when I am in Christ, I should have works that are a result of God working in me. In other words, the Spirit working in me. And so today, we're going to jump into what I see as the thesis statement or the main point of the book of James. And I believe he really kind of unpacks or, or, or builds everything else around this uh, these first couple of verses, but in, in, in James chapter 1, starting in verse 19, read with me. I'm going to read the first three verses, and then we'll take a pause. He says, my dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. For man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you which can save you. So I want to pause right there, and I want you to think about this. In the midst of our test that God is giving us, that we saw earlier in the first part of James, in the midst of our test that God is giving us, in order to grow our faith, so we become mature, and then as a result, because of temptation, or the temptations we face as a result of the sin that's in our lives, James really begins to come at us, and, and he says, listen, you got to focus on these things. There are these three things I want you to focus on uh, in order to know, number one, that God is working in your test, that you can grow into maturity through your testing that God is doing, but also knowing that as a result of the sin that's in my life and the temptations that come up as a result of that sin, James wants us to know here are three things you need to focus on or three things that we need to be aware of uh, as we're maturing and going through these tests and, and uh, temptations. And so I want you to understand this, that by James' definition, righteous living comes through wise living uh, in trials and in temptations. So keep in mind that these people had been scattered, they've been cast out because of persecution, and James is coming to him and he's saying, listen, righteous living is a result of wise living. And so he's given us three things here in this first section that I believe that we have to understand. So I want to give you this point, the main point, I believe, of today's topic or idea, if you remember anything, I want you to remember this, that listening more than speaking leads to greater wisdom in the righteous life that God desires. Listening more than speaking leads to greater wisdom and the righteous life God desires. Now, we're going to unpack that a little bit because it sounds like, oh, if I'm just a good listener, then things uh, are, are, are okay. But the reality is that's not it. So I want to give you the three things that we're going to look at. Number one, James says this, everyone should be quick to listen. Now, this whole idea of being quick to listen is something that most of us are not very good at. Listening is a learned trait. Matter of fact, we have to learn to listen to those who are around us. Proverbs 17, verse 27 and 28 says this, a man of knowledge uses words with restraint, and a man of understanding is even-tempered. Even a fool is thought wise if he keeps silent and discerning if he holds his tongue. See, usually when we're 
quick to listen, we listen to the whole story, or we listen to everything that's going on. And when we do that, we set ourselves up for success. But the reality is, usually it's uncontrolled anger that leads us to speak quickly and say too much. In other words, I believe wholeheartedly that listening is an art that requires attention over ability. It requires God's spirit over our ego, and it seeks others' benefit, not ourselves. See, when I'm quick to listen, it, it sets me up for success with other people. But there's more to the story. There's more than just listening to other people. There's a reason God gave us, I believe wholeheartedly in this text, there's a reason God gave us two ears that remain open and one mouth that can actually close. And the truth of the matter is, the reason he did that or the reason he created us that way is so that we would listen more than we would speak. As a matter of fact, if you've ever thought about this, the word listen actually contains the exact same letters as the word silent. You have to be silent in order to listen to those who are around you. But I also believe this, that you have to be silent in order to listen to the word that God wants to reveal to you through his word. That's one of the big things. When he's talking about being quick to listen, this whole idea is what do we listen to? We need to listen to God's word. As a matter of fact, if you jump back into verse 18, he says, he chose to give us birth through the word of truth. In other words, this word of truth that we might be the first fruits of all he created, this word of truth that he planted so deeply in us, we have to be quick to listen to the word of truth. As a matter of fact, the reality is most of us would be a little more successful in, in our lives if instead of running to somebody's thoughts or ideas or maybe even modern philosophies or, or listening to other people, when we would sit back silently and listen to God's word, when we would go to God's word when we face a test or when we face temptations, that when we run to God's word for that, then when we're quick, quick to listen, we're going to be successful in going through and maturing through the test. We'll be successful to take our stand against the temptations that Satan so easily wants to, to, to dupe us into. See, this whole idea of being quick to listen is one of the greatest temptations we face. See, one of the greatest temptations we face is to walk through life doing what other people want and what other people are, are pleased by, and we reject God. That's one of the biggest temptations we face. So this whole idea of being quick to listen is this idea that I need to listen to God. I need to listen to God's word. I have to begin to understand being quick to listen bears great responsibility upon myself. See, how often do we run to others to gossip or complain? Instead of talking or complaining to others, we ought to go right to God's word. That we jump in headlong, headfirst into God's word so that we can be wise to righteous living, so we can live the life that God wants us to live, that he's set us up for. See, I believe one of the biggest struggles we're facing right now is we want to listen to everybody else rather than what God's word says. We listen to, to scientists. We want to listen to, to news anchors. We want to listen to all these different types of people, but we're not listening to God's word for comfort, for reflection, for encouragement, for a push to say, hey, it's okay. There's more. I have more for you. I am more generosity and more grace and more love for you than anybody else could ever give to you. So when we're quick to listen, we learn to understand what that means. And so here's what I would say when we, when we sit down and you, you begin to kind of dig in and take in God's word, you need to sit down in silence and listen. Same words, just in a different, or same letters, just in a different order. 
between listen and silent. God, what do you want me to do? Rather than getting the opinions of others, and now listen to me, Proverbs is very clear on getting wise counsel from those, but I believe when you get wise counsel from the right people, you will be successful. But a lot of times we go and we listen to others rather than listening to what God's word says for us to do. So James says, number one, listening more than speaking leads to greater wisdom. So you have to be quick to listen. Two ears that remain open and one mouth that remains closed. Number two, James says this, everyone should be quick to listen and slow to speak. Now, this is one of those things I struggle with because I am a dude who loves to talk. My wife always says this, if a brick wall would talk back to you, you would talk to it. Because I do, I could pick up a conversation with anybody. But that's not necessarily what James is talking about. What he's talking about here is this, that when my words, matter of fact, Proverbs 10, verse 19 lays it out, when words are many, sin is not absent, but he who holds his tongue is wise. Have you ever been in a situation where, like, you know, maybe something happened? Maybe somebody treated you wrong, or maybe somebody said something, and you begin to think in your mind, oh, yeah? Oh, yeah, watch this. I know what I'm going to say to him. And you get all these words planned out that you're going to say, that you're going to get off your chest. You're going to get them off your heart. You're going to dump it on them. You know, it's kind of the word dump. I'm going to dump all my trash on you because that's how you've made me feel is like trash. But listen to what he says. I have to be slow to speak. Why? Because when I'm slow to speak, when I'm slow to take in everything, then I begin to understand that when my words are many, Sin is not absent. But when I'm slow to speak, when my words are few, I learn to control my tongue. I learn to hold it back. I read a great book one time uh, called Lincoln on Leadership about Abraham Lincoln. And one of the things he would do is when he had a problem or a difficulty or struggle with somebody, he would write out this letter to these individuals. And he would tell them everything he saw wrong and everything he wanted to, to correct. And he would even come off probably harsh and abusive uh, at times uh, is the way the book says. But then he would take them, seal them in an envelope, and he'd put them in the side of his desk. And three days later, without fail, he would open up that drawer, he would pull the letters out, and he would throw them away. Because he realized that in the time of frustration, in the time of being upset with somebody's actions or responses, he let words come out that most likely didn't need to be said. So I just want to encourage you with this today. When we talk about being slow to speak, learning to walk away from a situation or a person, to, 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 to not let the situation get out of control, but coming back and speaking to it later is always a wise decision. See, listen, instead of speaking your own ideas... We have to listen to God's word instead of insisting upon what I think, because what I think doesn't matter. Matter of fact, back when I was in the Navy, this whole idea of uh, loose lips sink ships comes into mind. You know, when, when we, we got this idea of being slow to speak, loose lips sink ships. Now, that idea was that when I give out information that I'm not supposed to give out, that I put everybody in jeopardy, including the ship. But I want you to think about this. In every relationship, when my lips are loose, when things are going crazy, my loose lips can sink relationships. My loose lips can break up great friendships. My loose lips can damage the very people who are closest to me and others as well. 
So this whole idea of being slow to speak is huge. As a matter of fact, I found this anonymous quote, and I think it's great. Listen thrice, think twice, speak once. In other words, listen three times as many times as you're going to speak. Listen thrice, think twice, speak once. I think that's a great truth that we can understand because we know that when words are many, sin is not absent. But he who holds his tongue is wise. Listen, there's times and situations you just don't need to say a thing. Sometimes you just need to be quiet. And I believe Scripture is very clear here that we got to be slow to speak. You don't have to speak into every situation and circumstance. You don't have to make a comment on every uh, comment on every Facebook post. You don't have to react to every Twitter statement. You don't have to lose your ever-loving mind trying to comment to somebody on some social media platform. Don't worry about it. Be slow to speak. Number three says this, be slow to anger. Why? Because loose speech is often linked with this unrestrained anger. As a matter of fact, I just brought that up. You think about your, an action or a conversation when you begin to stew and you plan out everything you were going to tell this person. See, what I find is this, that when I'm slow to listen, when I'm quick with words, then I'm also quick with anger. And anytime I allow anger to rise up, we looked at Proverbs 29 this last week, anytime I allow anger to rise up, I'm going to set myself up for failure. I'm not going to be a blessing to others. I'm going to be a curse. I'm not going to be an encouragement to others. Matter of fact, I'm going to be a discouragement to others. I want to be slow to anger. See, this whole idea of anger and wrath disturb and distract. In other words, when I lash out with anger, I'm disturbing those who are around me. When I lash out with anger and wrath, I am going to distract others from the gospel. I'm going to put the focus on me rather than other individuals. And I want to encourage you with this, that being slow to anger is something we all have to learn. Anger is not an easy thing to deal with. Things can set us off just like that. Maybe it's just a frustration because somebody cut you off uh, while you were driving or maybe somebody cut in line. You know, I've heard a lot of things recently about people, you know, maintaining your six-foot social distance, which give me, I understand. I understand what, what the health officials have set up as guidelines, but, but seeing people lash out in anger and violence as a result of it is absolutely crazy. So he says, we got to be slow to anger. And then listen to what he says. He says, get rid of all moral filth and evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you. Now listen, James is talking to Christians and he says, get rid of the moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent. In other words, we have to be aware of what's going on in our lives. We have to look at the things that society may say that are morally okay, but in reality, based upon God's word, are moral filth. And he says, get rid of the evil that is so prevalent. And then listen, humbly accept the word planted in you. That whole idea of planted, that means that that seed was planted deep down inside, that it's blooming and blossoming, it wants to sprout, and it wants to grow, it needs to be watered, it needs to be nurtured, it needs to be cared for. And you want that that, that word that you accepted, the word of God, to grow, to flourish, to thrive as it grows inside of you so that you're not led astray by moral filth and the evil, but rather you're obedient to what God has called you to do. And so listen, I want to jump into verses 22, and here's how we're going to wrap up. Listen to what he says in verses 22 through 25. Do not merely listen to the word, and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. 
But the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, he will be blessed in all he does. Here's the fourth thing I want you to see. We talked about listening more than speaking leads to greater wisdom and the righteous life that God desires for us, okay? So we talk about listening, being quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. But then here's the idea. Here's the great picture that he wants us to unpack and he wants us to understand. That listening doesn't just mean listening to the word and not doing it. See, I believe one of the greatest struggles that most Christians face is this. We listen. We know God's word. We've sat under the preaching and teaching in church. We've been in Sunday schools and things like that. So we know God's word, but do we really do it? Because listen again what he says. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. See, the reality is that the deception is not upon anybody else, but it's upon you. When you and I, when we don't live God's word out, we don't deceive anybody else but ourselves. In other words, we have misled ourselves. We allow the word, we must allow the word to influence us in all the areas of our life, not just some. Matter of fact, I've had conversations with Christians and with other believers who say, well, that, that's not really, I mean, you know, does that standard still remain? When the truth of the matter is, yes, that standard still remains. We just oftentimes want to go to the moral filth or the evil that's so prevalent in society rather than being obedient to what God has called us to do. See, the word through which we are born into new life, verse 18, and is implanted in us in verse 22 must be put into practice. So, Listening, and this idea of James, this whole idea of listening, must lead into doing. Listening must lead into doing. When a believer listens but doesn't obey, he deceives himself. And here's the beauty of this, or here's the struggle with this. Deception is a funny thing. Deception is this whole idea of a misrepresentation of the truth. In other words, when I deceive myself, I am misrepresenting or I am deceptively turning myself away from the truth. And what God wants us to know is this, that when we listen to the word, we can't just listen to it, but we must be doers of the word. Hearing in this Old Testament Hebrew sense, this idea that when he says, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, it carries out this idea that you listen to that truth but you put it into action. In everything that we do, God wants us to listen to his word, take it in, and then live it out in front of those or, or those who are around us. See, this is how someone can really think they're right with God when in reality they're not. They're not right with God. Why? Because they're not living out the word. It, here's, here's one of the biggest struggles. People who come into church for years and then don't live out obedience to what God has called to do, don't share the gospel, don't lovingly give or cheerfully give to the church, don't follow what God has called us to do, don't live by any sort of biblical standard, but live by a worldly standard. All of those things begin to go, okay, is this the fruit or is this the, the word that was planted inside of me by God or is this the moral filth and the evil that's so prevalent in the world? James is calling us to follow that, that, that obedience to what God wants us to do, to, to listen to the word, to be quick to listen. See, when I listen but don't live out the word, I deceive myself. And you and I know that when you are deceived or you're the one who's deceived, you can know how bad or how wrong you feel in the end. See, our foremost priority is to listen to the word of God, to believe the word of God, and to live the word of God. That is our priority. 
to listen to the word of God, to believe the word of God, and to live or to do the word of God, what he's called us to do, to be obedient. If a person doesn't practice what he learns, it soon disappears. When I was growing up, my dad would owned a, owned a diesel repair shop. And one of the things I remember going in when I first started working for him, and he says, hey, we're going to do a wheel seal on a trailer. <laughs> At which point I went, okay. And he tells me how we're going to do it, which didn't register at all because I didn't know half of what he was talking about. But when he sat down and he showed me, he acted it out, how to repair or how to replace a wheel seal on a trailer of a semi, I could do it. See, the truth of the matter when I talk about this, if a person doesn't practice what he learns, he loses it or it soon disappears. When we put God's word into practice, it stays with us, it sticks with us, it becomes embedded in our heart. We begin to live it out. So what God has called us to do is to be quick to listen, to listen to his word, and don't merely listen to it and not do it, but to do it. So live out the word of God. See, This is why people can come in on a Sunday morning and they say, man, you preached right at me this morning. But as soon as we walk out from under the word, we're distracted by the world. Why? Because we're like, man, pastor, that was a great sermon. Man, Brian, that was awesome. It's just a great word of encouragement. But then if you don't go out and put it into practice, it soon disappears. It soon fades. And what James wants us to know is this that we have to be doers of the word because that's what we're called to do. That's what we're called to be. That's what obedience means. We cannot be distracted by the world and the moral filth, but rather we gotta be listeners of the word. We gotta be quick to listen. We gotta be slow to speak and we gotta be slow to become angry. Listen to what he says. And this whole idea of deception, anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. I mean, could you imagine it? It's like, look at me. Oh, oh, wait, what did I look like? Oh, oh, oh yeah. See, the reality is we don't forget what we look like when we look in a mirror. We remember It's just sometimes we may not want to address the situations we see. Maybe it's messed up hair. Maybe it's a a, a blackhead we got to pop. Maybe you got a a zit or maybe there's some nose hairs that are coming out or ear hair, whatever it is. As you deal with it, this whole idea that we have to begin to understand is that when we look into the mirror, we see a true reflection of what's going on. When we look into God's word, we see a true reflection of what's going on inside of our heart. And being quick to listen means I do it. See, when I look into God's perfect word that gives me freedom and I continue doing this, I will be blessed. And that's what he says in verse 25. The man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. Listen, here's the whole truth of the matter. God's word is a word that gives you freedom that he wants you to experience life. He wants you to experience the blessings. He wants to encourage you. He wants to pour out his abundant grace upon you. He wants you to have a great marriage. He wants you to have great relationships. He wants you to be a good example for the community. He wants you to be a hard worker. He wants to do all of these things for you. He wants to provide for you. But listen, if I don't dig into God's word, then when things like what happens with coronavirus and everything else, then we let fear overwhelm us and we become a person who freaks out because we let the media then begin to portray or, or change our mindset. 
when the truth of the matter is that we should be firm on the foundation of what Jesus has laid, that we know Jesus is coming back, that we know Jesus has hope for us, and that we have hope for ourselves in his word, that he's going to preach to us, he's going to teach us, he's going to encourage us, he's going to help us out with his grace and with his love. Listen, here's how I want to wrap up, and then I want to pray. God's word is a life-changing relationship-altering, community-transforming, grace-giving, unconditional-loving thing that lives and plays itself out and is meant to lead us to live lives of blessing. And I just want to ask you this today. Are you quick to listen? Are you more than just a hearer of the Word, but are you a doer of the Word? Are you slow to speak? Are you slow to let God know maybe how upset you are or to vent on somebody else? Are you going to be slow to speak and let God speak to you? Are you going to be silent and listen instead of being quick with words? And then last thing, are you going to be slow to anger? Because the truth of the matter is that anger does not bring about the righteous life God desires. And so we have to be people who are going to be quick to listen, who are going to be slow to speak, and slow to anger. We want to be doers of the word, not mere hearers of the word, so that we can experience the blessing that God has for us, whatever that is. Hey, we want to encourage you today. I want to pray. And maybe today you would say, hey, I need somebody to pray for us. We want to encourage you to interact with us online. You can go to our website, church at 3 trailscom uh, On the welcome page, you can click on our online Uh, church stuff. There's links there for our our kids' sermon notes. There's links there if you're interested or need prayer and things like that. There's also links there that if you put your faith and trust in Jesus, and I want you to understand this, that when we talk about this whole idea of being quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry, these are the very things that Jesus lived out. Jesus went to the cross silently. He lived out the very word that God called him out. He is the word that God called him to be, but he lived out that word by going to the cross, bearing the weights and burdens of our sins, paying the price through his death on the cross, and as a result, being buried and then rising again three days later, offering us life and life more abundantly. So if you'd say, I want to put my faith and trust in Jesus for the first time, we want to encourage you. Contact us on our website. Make a comment on Facebook Live or you can comment in our YouTube channel. We would love to connect with you. We would love to pray for you. Let us know how we can help. Let's pray and you're going to have, I hope you have a great Sunday. Father, we thank you for the beauty of your word. God, I pray that we would be people who would be quick to listen, slow to speak and slow to become angry. God, I think about this whole idea of loose lips sinking our relationships. And God, we don't want to destroy the relationships we have with others but we also want to be slow to speak, to be silent and let you build up and encourage us so that we can be obedient in our relationship with you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Bless you. Have a good week.